We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 148. On this episode, we will be taking a look at what Fox has in store for the fall 2012 TV season, and we'll also be talking about recent episodes of Grimm, Burn Notice, Suits, and Strike Back. Uh, Plus, we have a couple of uh, TV on DVD picks. Uh, You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 148. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Uh, Laurel Brown from Buddy TV. And Kurt Wagner from uh, Show Patrol. Thank you both for uh, coming on the show again. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we're starting to do our fall previews. We're going to start with Fox today, and then uh, we'll have uh, NBC next week, and each week we'll be looking at one of the specific networks. So uh, this week we're doing uh, Fox Fall 2012, and they have three new shows coming uh, this fall, and I thought we'd just... uh, well, we'd go through what their schedule is, and uh, then can uh, talk about that day's offerings, and uh, if we're looking forward to any of those, and a little bit about the new shows. So first up, uh, Sunday, Fox has uh, football running into their overtime post-game show into the Cleveland show, and then The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, and American Dad, and that all starts up as of September 30th. Well, the football starts earlier, but the all those shows. Do either of you watch any of the uh, animation domination lineup? Absolutely not. not regularly on any of them. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's been a while. I occasionally watch a Simpsons episode. Uh, if Amory were on the podcast today, she'd be telling you to watch Bob's Burgers, but uh, I don't really find it all that funny. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks it's the greatest. But yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, Sunday night lineup. We'll move on to Monday. Monday has uh, Bones uh, returning on September 17th, and that'll be followed by their new show, The Mob Doctor, on September 17th as well. So what did you think about The Mob Doctor, Laurel? Um, it's a really good premise for a show. Like that, that was sort of my basic idea. Um, when I sort of went into it, I thought it was a really interesting premise, a uh, really good chance for Fox to jump on the anti-hero train that's been doing so well for AMC and, sh- and channels like that. I have to say I found the pilot itself to be really, really forgettable. Not bad. Um, definitely wasn't a bad show, but when I look back at it, I'm like, I have trouble remembering the details because I didn't find it particularly anything. It has potential, but like the pilot itself kind of law to me what about you kurt yeah sort of the same um it's filmed here and i was actually on the set the other day uh for a while set's really cool looks like a real hospital you could somebody could knock you out and put you in the middle of that set and you would think you were in a real hospital but um the premise sounds interesting but i don't think they executed it that well in the in the uh pilot it just seems so unbelievable that a doctor of her, you know, they're they're playing her as the surgeon who everybody wants and, you know, who's really dedicated and all this stuff, that she would be able to lead the hospital as much as she does. <laughs> you know, they're just, <laughs> you know, how, how is it that she can just go out and help the mob do things, you know, and, 
and stuff like that. I mean, pilots are always difficult, I think, so maybe it'll improve. But the other thing is, I don't think Zach Gilford and Jordana Spiro have that good of a chemistry, and they're supposed to be lovers. So uh, that's another issue I have there with that show, but we'll see where it goes. They do use Chicago well, though. Yeah, with the Mob Doctor, I like the idea of the premise. Um, I applaud any show or anybody that tries to do something different, you know, even if what you're doing different is just combining two things, like a mob drama and a doctor drama. Mm. But mostly I found that I would probably watch this if they cut off the mob side. I like I thought the doctor stuff worked really well, <laughs> but I thought the mob stuff was sort of, I don't know, sort of cliche and uh, I don't know, maybe give it a, a another episode or two to, to see. But you know, I really like her. I really like Jordana Spiro. And I thought she, you know, was really good in, in the role. And you you actually bought her as this doctor. But, yeah, some of the being able to leave the hospital and, and stuff like that was a, was a little much. But, but mostly it was, like, it was half a really good show. <laughs> I thought it was, like, sort of most lively in that opening thing where she, you know, it was sort of the comedy part of it where she took the, the screwdriver out of that mob guy's head, but she, like, really didn't... <laughs> You could tell she really didn't want to be there, you know. But I thought it seemed to be the most lively at that at that moment in those in that scene. But yeah. then it I just sort that. of flat. And you know, it's, I can see where parts of it are going so clearly already, which is kind of sad too that it's predictable in that way. Uh, so, either of you looking forward to the return of Bones? Either of you watch that? Um, I do. I've been a fan of that show for years, so sure. I always love Bones. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a solid show. <laughs> it doesn't show. It doesn't stuff every week. It's just fun. I agree. There's an example of good chemistry. I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a show that like built on chemistry. So. Yeah. Yeah, the whole cast uh, works really well with each other on that. Right. Um, we'll move on to uh, Tuesdays, which has. Uh, the other two new offerings uh, Fox has uh, this fall, and they'll have their new two-hour comedy block, which will uh, start off with Raising Hope as of October 2nd, and Ben and Kate, new show, as of September 25th, followed by New Girl uh, on September 25th, and new show The Mindy Project as of September 25th. Uh, So we'll start with the... Kurt, what did you think of Ben and Kate? Ben and Kate, I watched it, and I don't know if I was preoccupied or whatever, but I just kind of went, mm, you know, whatever. Um, and then I talked to Amory, and she was like, oh, it was so great. <laughs> and um, so I went back and watched it again, and I actually did pay better attention and and found some good laughs in it. Uh Although it'll be interesting to see how long, you know, Goofy Brother, how long Goofy Brother and Serious Sister, and these are the situations they get in before they start to sort of feel repetitive and everything. But there were some clever dialogue, lines of dialogue that. So I'm more into it now than I was. And Laurel? Um, ben, and, excuse me, ben and Kate is my big conundrum for this fall in some ways. Uh, I've heard 
so many people talk about how much they loved it and how funny it was and how just such a great show it was. And I watched it, honestly, before I started hearing all this, and I didn't laugh. I did not find it funny. Um, I don't I don't actually think it's a bad show. Like, I thought it was a very well-made show. I liked the characters just fine. Uh, I didn't... I wasn't bored particularly, but I didn't find it funny. And I've gone back and looked at it again, and I still haven't found out why it's funny. So... All I can come up with is that this is a very specific type of humor that appeals to some people but not others, because I have no idea why what I am missing that everybody else is catching. <laughs> Obviously, there is something, because these are not stupid people, but <laughs> well, I just have I, no I'm one idea. of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm one of them. It's one of my favorite uh, of the of all the new comedies. Uh, well, I haven't seen uh, the the new CBS offering yet, but uh, of all the other uh, ABC, NBC, it's right up there at the top uh, for me. I just, I really like the relationship between the brother and sister. I agree that that it will get repetitive if they don't, you know, like if you think of it, a show like this over 24 episodes, uh, thinking past the pilot, that's, that is definitely one of the problems. Uh, I think that they can mitigate that if they actually let each character grow. Like if they don't decide that they ha- they must keep everything exactly the same for a long period of time, uh, that, you know, she becomes more like him and he be- gets more serious. Uh, but yet they still end up in, uh, you know, wacky situations each week as they do on uh, sitcoms. But, uh, I just like the whole family dynamic. I thought they, played really well off of each other. I thought the chemistry was there right from the, the get-go, like, which is pretty good in a pilot to, for everybody to, for all, all of it to feel right. But there was just stuff, his whole scene in trying to turn the car around, uh, I thought was funny. His scene uh, when he shows up sort of stalkery at the ex's house with the, with his niece in the back seat and, you know, hands her the, the small binoculars for them to, to spy and then he loses it when he sees something that he doesn't like but he can't swear with the five-year-old in the car uh i just found scenes like i thought that uh was those scenes were really funny and i thought it also had like a sweetness to it like it, it, it didn't have a hard edge to the the comedy which i you know liked as well i don't know i just i just watched it again recently and I laughed multiple times again, so <laughs> I I don't know if I can point out what <laughs> what it is that you're missing, or you know, sometimes things just aren't uh, different perspectives. You know, sometimes like uh, you know, Kurt said, Amory loves the show, and and she does. She she talks about it being one of her favorites, and it's one of my favorites. But yet, on a show like Bob's Burgers, I could. I don't think it's funny, and she thinks it's hilarious too. So, you know where 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 things diverge in uh, with comedy is is very interesting. Everybody has a a, a different uh, perspective. Yeah. How about the uh, Laurel the Mindy Project? See, this is where I'm probably going to be flying my girl flag and um, having maybe a different opinion again. I loved it. I thought it was really funny, and in, you know, 
to sort of explain this, I have been a big fan of you know, chiclet novels like Bridget Jones's Diary for years, and Mini Project is basically a chiclet novel, um, and except that it has one thing that a lot of those don't, is a protagonist who has a brain, which I'm a fan of. Um, basically, I'm a fan of any woman who can be successful at work, obviously intelligent, and still so socially inept, it's ridiculous. And I can't not love Mindy Kaling on top of that. So for me, this is actually one of my favorites. How about you, Kurt? Hmm. I laughed at some of it, but... I don't know. I felt like it felt very like she was saying, see, I'm Mindy. Look how clever I am. It felt, I don't know. That's how it felt to me. It was like, look it, I'm being clever here. Isn't this clever? Aren't I being clever? Isn't this clever? So I didn't, I wasn't thrilled with it. You know, I'll probably watch a couple more times and see if I'm crazy and I just need to change my opinion. But, um, you know, there were some funny lines, but I also, just the whole inept love thing, I feel is sort of tired and played out. Yeah, well, I think they do a good job at the, you know, the basic premise of, you know, every romantic comedy is, you know, <laughs> I I think they've done a good job of recreating that on a small scale, you know, and I think they can do a good job going forward. And I like the idea of, she's trying to change. And so again, it's a show that if they let the character actually grow over time and, uh, and find new things that are funny within the changes instead of her trying to, you know, cause you can't imagine that a, a show like this, that three years from now that she's still completely inept and can't, <laughs> that would be completely uh, ridiculous after she's, realize she needs to change and then sort of sets out to try and do so that there would be that nothing would ever change so if they do that i think they have i mean the the title the mindy project i think you know working on changing herself i think it all i think it all worked really well and i i found a lot of the stuff funny that were all the references to the the different uh you know the different romantic comedies and stuff like that and and her putting herself in, like she's Sandra Bullock in this bit, or she, you know, or uh, you know, or Catherine Heigl, you, you know, over here. And uh, I just thought I I thought they did a really good job with that. I I don't know how well, you know, they can do that continually, but I thought as an introduction to the character that it worked really well, and setting up the premise of you know in the world that she lives in. So yeah, I'm on I'm on board. It's def it's up there in the in the top half of, of, of the comedies uh, coming this fall. Yeah. I, and I think adding it, those two to Raising Hope and New Girl, I think is an actually like a really good two-hour comedy block. Because Raising Hope is... I am with you completely. <laughs> Raising Hope is one of my favorite new comedies you know, from the last couple of years. I mean, I, I love that show. Uh, and New Girl was pretty good last year, too. So uh, I think... <laughs> I think these other two fit in well with what they've got going there, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to Tuesdays. I mean, on on, on Fox are going to be really good. Yeah, I think it's a good block too, and I love Raising Hope also. <laughs> the same I mean, those I mean, if you've ever seen Raising Hope, I can't think you not love it. You what? 
I was saying that you can't not love Raising Hope if you've ever seen it. It's just that good a show. I'm convinced of this. Yeah, that's more my style is that kind of goofy, you know, off the wall kind of comedy, I think. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, this is probably the only block of comedy on any night on any network that I'm planning to watch. So I think that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, like the, well, especially with ABC's uh, <laughs> comedy block right now, I don't watch, uh, I can't even think of the name of it, the whatever the first one is that leads off the night with the... Uh, in the middle. Yeah, in the... Uh, the yeah. In the- and uh, and the neighbors is terrible. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. But uh, <laughs> so I I can I can see like right now you know for most of the this is an actual two hour comedy block where I'm gonna be watching every every one of them. All right, so uh, on to Wednesday, which will have uh, the second season of the X Factor starting up as of September twelfth. And then Thursdays we'll have episodes of The X Factor starting up as of the 13th. And it'll be followed by Glee um, moving to a, a new time and night as of September 13th. So either of you watch uh, The X Factor? No. Nope. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I, I never was a huge American Idol fan. Like I watched occasionally. Uh, there were a couple of seasons I found interesting, but uh, mostly I don't. I haven't watched much of that, and the singing competitions don't really. Uh, there's there's like way too many of them now, <laughs> and they don't really you know interest me. What about uh, Glee? Are either of you still watching Glee? Or nope, I am. I am not. Yeah, I gave up on that at the end of season two. I didn't even watch an episode last year. That was uh, you didn't miss much, and uh, it was just. You know, it was just too much. So uh, there's a, a couple of uh, the thing I like about Wednesdays and Thursdays on Fox is there's a couple of free nights. <laughs> be able to watch things, be able to watch things on other networks. Uh, then on Fridays uh, they have a they'll have Kitchen Nightmares starting September 28th and Fringe returning as of September 28th. And then as of October 26th. Uh, Touch will return and take over for uh, in the Kitchen Nightmares time slot. So, uh, are either of you looking forward to the return of Fringe? I am. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, Very much. I think of the of all the return, you know, of the of the returning stuff for uh, the fall. Uh, Fringe is definitely up there, not just for Fox, but for uh, for all of TV. I'm interested to see how they're going to end their run knowing you know seeing how they do with an end you know knowing they have an end in mind i'm uh, definitely interested in that do either of you watch touch nope no yeah i couldn't get into that show <laughs> i watched the first couple episodes and i just was I, I i just couldn't get into it uh it was almost it was too everything was too perfect to set up you know what needed to happen uh type of thing and but yet you there wasn't enough in the first few episodes of of if there was some why or or what the object of just following the you know following these little things uh that he gets from his son and if that was like the only purpose I wasn't really interested in watching that on a on a nightly basis yeah i just don't like to be 
I just don't like to know that I'm being emotionally manipulated, um, <laughs> which with a lot of the emotions in the show would sort of make sure that you are so manipulated by this. And if I can tell as I'm watching it that I'm being emotionally manipulated, I don't like it. If I think about it later and I realize I was manipulated, that's fine. But if I start thinking about it while the show's still on, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> and, I, and that was my reaction to touch. So. Well, I thought the pilot worked really well, but then a couple episodes later, you were just like, okay, so they're just going to do this every time, but yet not as well as the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was, it, it sort of lost interest for me. And then yeah. uh, s- Saturday, uh, Fox will have uh, college football on Saturday nights as uh, starting up uh, September 1st, which I can't believe that football season is about ready to start already. So that's uh, that's a look at Fox and uh, what they have coming uh, for the uh, 2012 fall season. Uh, we'd like to hear from you uh, out there. Uh, what shows you know are you looking forward to uh, the Mob Doctor or Ben and Kate Mindy Project? Uh, let us know, and uh, we'll move on to the prime time segment of the podcast. Prime time. Yeah. <laughs> and the first up is. Uh, on our list to, today is Grimm, season two, episode two, The Kiss. And uh, so, uh, Laurel, we'll start with you. What did you think of uh, Grimm going into the second season in the second episode here? I enjoyed it. Um, I've pretty much enjoyed Grimm all along. Uh, it was a point towards the, to maybe like the end of the first third of season one where it start, felt dragging to me. But otherwise, I mean, Grimm has been a show that I have pretty much enjoyed throughout. And I like that we're finally getting a little bit more into the mythology that underlies the story. Um, we're seeing stuff with the royal families and uh, finally finding out a little bit about the police captain because that's been bothering me all along. Yeah, we talked about that last week on the podcast of how we we were all pretty much like, um, you've got to give us something. Like, what is this guy's plan? You know, like, what right. is he, what, what is the deal, who's he talking to on the phone, uh, all these different things. It was just like, what is the deal there? And so they finally did in the second episode, they finally gave you something. And you were, and that was my reaction it was like, finally. Yeah. And to give them credit, it was a good reveal. I'm not entirely sure what you saw, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, uh, there was something very interesting going on with that guy. And I did like the twist that. I mean, it was so obviously a setup of Sleeping Beauty with uh, Juliet in a coma. I did like the twist that it was the police captain who had to wake her up and not Nick because that was just kind of fun. Like, the prince isn't necessarily who you think he should be. And I just enjoy the show. Like, I like that it's, you know, I like that it's keeping itself nice and dark and creepy, but at least it could have a little fun now, which is nice. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's... It's sort of a procedural, but I like that they aren't afraid to, uh, you know, get into the mythology and have this ongoing storyline as well. I love Nick's mom, Mary Elizabeth Mustard. <laughs> I love having her on there, and I hope she's not done. It seems like she's just secretly staying in town, but, um, you know, I hope she's still around. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to finally see all the... Uh, what's going on with the royal family and what the big plan is too. Yeah. I, I like that, you know, you found out that he was a prince, you know, and th- that was one of the things that we were, that I've been saying is that, 
you can give a reveal to the audience and still not have Nick know, you know, like it's okay for the audience to know something that the hero doesn't know and that it's interesting to watch how one side is trying to keep one side from finding out and one side is trying to, you know, find out about the other side. I think that still can be interesting TV and that the way that they were doing it was starting to get a little bit boring because you didn't have any information about really uh, what this guy was. And so I thought it was interesting that he was a prince and so of you know the this royal you know type family and uh that that's the you know it had to be a you know not a prince of a guy but a prince you know? <laughs> <laughs> that uh you know he had to take something so that he would be a, a pure of heart or whatever to be able to for the kiss to work and stuff but that gave you it showed you that he was uh something more than you know he wasn't just a guy right but yet it was different than many of the other, you know, sort of creatures or people slash creatures that we meet uh, that aren't able to, you know, hold, hold it together you know, when Nick is around. And then I also thought it was interesting that, that he's a prince, but the bastard of the family, uh, I thought was interesting. So he's not, you know, he's sort of in that, but he's also sort of the outcast inside his, you know, his own family. Uh, so I thought there was a lot of interesting developments in this the second episode of the season, <laughs> and, and like I said before, I was like, "Finally, <laughs> we're getting we're getting something here." Because I think they've done a pretty good job uh, through the first season of we find out about stuff as Nick finds out about stuff, uh, you know, about being a Grim and all these different types of uh, you know, and you, you you're going to keep meeting new creatures and beasts and stuff like that uh, you know continually that'll help him learn even more about uh, uh what's going on i liked having the mother there to help move that along a little bit like or a lot as the case maybe. i mean her position is great <laughs> but i also liked it showing the difference between him as a grim and somebody that grew up knowing he's so new in this that he's like become friends right you know with <laughs> with a few of them and that was like Especially in the beginning, it was very that was a very odd, like idea, you know, to his mother, like wait, you're, you know, you're friends with these people. Uh, uh, that I I like that uh, aspect of the show as well, sort of that way that nature versus nurture type of thing. Like he wasn't raised in it, so he's not, he doesn't have all that baggage that has come with the years of 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 dealing. Uh, uh, with these type of creatures and all the back history, he's just learning it now, and has a different perspective on it. I think is uh, is really good. Right, and I thought that I thought it just opened up a lot of avenues for storytelling. I mean, the whole thing with the prince, you know, with his conflict with his brother, and and uh, you know, I still don't know. You still don't know what's his big grand design with Nick. You know, he wants to keep Julia there so that Nick will stay there in Portland. But why does he need to stay there? And Yeah, still, yeah, I still want to know more. Julia remember any, or is it Julia or Juliet? Juliet. Juliet, now that she doesn't remember Nick, you know, how is that going to play into it? And there's just a lot of interesting things, places to go. Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was, uh... well, they finally gave us some stuff about him, so I'm less... Uh, worried about that they've not told you what his plan is because that was where I was like I was like come on you gotta 
give us something. Like, it's okay if we know what his plan is. If Nick doesn't, it's okay. That was one of the things. It's like, that's okay. But at least they gave us something. And so it's like, they've they've given me enough that I'm okay with not knowing his plan so far, you know, yet. Oh, I like, I like, yeah, I like it too. Uh, and so, <laughs> but, you know, if they go a little bit, you know, farther into the season and uh, we still don't really know, then I'll, I'll start to have that problem again. But, because <laughs> right now, you know that, Basically, he thinks that having, you know, knowing where the Grim is as opposed to a Grim out just roaming around someplace is much, uh, is much safer uh, for, you know. And so that, but there's got to be like more to it than that, you know. And so, uh, but giving us some reveals about his background and stuff like that placates me for the, you know, <laughs> for, for a while that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good now, uh, at least for a bit. Okay. So the next show on our list is uh, Burn Notice, Season 6, Episode 10, Desperate Times, uh, the summer finale. Oh, poor Michael Weston. Everybody, <laughs> just wants to, everybody just wants him dead. I mean, really. Is he ever going to find some, yeah. someone who doesn't want to betray him or murder him? Really? <laughs> is, his ever, is he ever going to get the big bad who is really actually the big bad and it's not going to keep going and going and going and going and going? Yeah, this show is all about moving the goal line. Like, <laughs> it just, it, every time you get close, the football field extends out again, you know, and you've got another 100 yards to go. And at, so, at some point, it starts to get a little repetitive, but then all of a sudden, but then an episode like this, you're like, okay, you know, it sort of draws me back into it, but then, but in the back of your head, you just go, how many times can they do this to me? And, and, and I'll keep coming back. Yeah. Let alone the, forget the audience. What about the characters? Why are they still coming back? I mean, it was at least hinted at in this episode, they talked about, you know, there was an, a moment between Michael and Fiona where they were just like, you know, maybe we shouldn't keep doing this. Maybe we should just do stuff together and not keep saving the world all the time. And because that's a, that's a feeling they really ought to have more often, I think. It's just give it up already. People are never going to stop because apparently there's a million of them. And right. they all have the same goal. So. <laughs> well, you know, Michael Weston must be great in bed because Fiona's, <laughs> Fiona's had that, that thought for like, how long's the show been on? Six, <laughs> yeah. six seasons for at least six five. Years, seasons. I don't know. <laughs> for at least five seasons. I mean, she's been like, you know, let's give it up. Yeah, and then you get the, you really? Are you serious? Yeah. As soon as we find, you know, <laughs> as soon as we, as soon as we reach this goal, oh wait, the goal <laughs> line's been moved. Oh well. <laughs> and uh, my mentor uh, tried to kill us, so now we're gonna have to try and figure out why he tried to kill us and. Uh, what's the deal there and so i don't i don't know it's it's one of those where i go back and forth like i i think that like if the show just was them that you know that that team helping people out you know sort of like a team style with <laughs> without the without the big uh you know i mean a team had a little bit of a through line of you know they were on the run uh, and that's sort of where this started, but I think you know they could uh, they could continue out, and I would still watch. You know, like it would still be. I'm not sure that it is these big these these big moving of the goal line. As I said, they both draw me in and annoy me at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, the the thing about it is he he did, you know, the original thing was find out who burned him. And that took, you know, three or four seasons or whatever. But he did find out who burned him. <laughs> then he was put back in to work with the CIA again. And, you know, so it's not like they haven't, it's not like they've cheated us or tricked us or anything, you know. But it's just constantly evolving and changing. So I guess, you know, that's points to them, I guess, for, you know, finishing part of it but it's true that you know there's always just another guy then or another you know <laughs> conspirator or whatever it's just a different conspiracy right and you think they would have figured out by now he just doesn't die he does not die no matter what they do he's not going to die and so they might as well just give up somebody needs to give up at this point in my mind but it's not like i'm not going to keep watching it though <laughs> maybe right. not yeah, because see, well, this is the type of thing that uh, it would uh, will set Michael off again. On he needs to, you know, another thing in front of him that he needs to find out why, you know, and mm-hmm. and because now it it looks like even his mentor, you know, was behind, you know, is behind, you know, killing his brother. So, it, but yet, why is that? So that's another thing he's going to have to find, and it keeps pushing it out. Yet right now would be the perfect time for them to just go. They think they're dead. <laughs> you know, they could just they could just take off. Nobody would ever. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I, but yet I keep watching. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's working even if it's annoying. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, It'd be kind of cool if they went into hiding. If they got to do the whole helping people again, but completely in hiding, so nobody was supposed to know who they were. That could like be kind totally annoying. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be kind of cool for a while. Be good next plot. Creators of Burn Notice paid attention. It would be. Mm-hmm. All right. So the companion to uh, Burn Notice over the summer is Suits, and that's the next show on our list. Season two, episode ten, High Noon, uh, the summer finale for that show. And uh, so, what did? Uh, were you both watching Suits? Oh yeah, I did. So, Kurt, what did you think of uh, the summer finale? Well, I gotta say, I love Lewis. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love despising him, and I love the way that he just flip flops whenever he sees that, you know, it's time for me to do this for my own advantage or whatever. Um, so I kind of enjoy that show almost, not exclusively for for him, but um, <laughs> I, I do love the way they write him and the way uh, that he's played. So. I had fun watching it. It was a, you know, it was a good time. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, law procedural that I think can get kind of formulaic at times, but, but then it's the, these, you know, these, the actors or the writing sort of popping out of that, you know, or the subplots or something. So, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is, you know, it's some of the basic, you know, especially since they're, you know, in sort of like, financial deals or all these other types of things uh there's sometimes you know the cases are less interesting but they like you said they do a really good job with the writing the characters are all uh fun uh you their interactions and i like lewis as well as a character i think they've created and then he performs the character they've created such an intricate sort of I mean, he's one of the, you know, the main cast, but yet he's sort of the side character. Mm-hmm. And for you to have such a fully fleshed out, like, side character where you can see 
the motivations and what's behind his decisions and stuff like that and at times kind of feel sorry for him and then at other times completely hate him right uh, i think <laughs> they've done i think they've done a masterful job with that character what do you think laurel yeah um well i mean seeing a masterful character. I personally think they've done a masterful job with pretty much every character on that show. Um, like as far as fully formed characters who seem real and interest me at no end, I have never seen a show this good. And you know, full disclosure, I actually consider Suits to be one of the best programs on television these days. Um, of any, you know, not just summer shows, any shows. I think it's one of the best shows on. So um, I'm, I try very hard not to be just gushing about it all the time, which I fail miserably because it isn't that good. <laughs> and um, I mean, Lewis is definitely one of the standouts for the season because they got they got us to, like I said, we can love this guy. We can love this horrible, horrible man who thinks that torturing his subordinates is just really fun, and who spies on people and who does everything for his own gain and this, that, and the other. But I mean, one of the things that I sort of got into partially partway through the season is that. One of the reasons why Lewis works, why that why that awful, awful character can be likable, is Suits shows us that nothing is one-sided in that show. Like, if you watch Suits through the eyes of Lewis Lit, Harvey Specter is so not the hero. This Like, this guy that we're seeing as, like, the hero, the main character, the focus of everything, he's not to this other character. To this other character, he's this nasty jerk of a man who is so arrogant and ignores people who are beneath him and does this, that, and the other, and is always causing trouble and getting everybody else in trouble. He's not a good guy. And he has this character. And the reason why I think Suits is so good is it actually lets us see that, like the multiple perspectives of the show, like what is everybody seeing? And it actually lets that be the case because most shows are, you know, they're pretty much from the hero's viewpoint. But Suits gives us a little more, where you can kind of see where everyone is coming from and why. And I was shocked at how much they crammed into the finale for the summer. I thought there was going to be some a lot more stuff drawn out, and they didn't, which was kind of neat. And so, yeah, I loved the finale. I thought it was an excellent way to end the season. Yeah, I think the well, whole... Just half the season, anyway. Yeah, the whole summer arc, I think, you know, with having the old partner come back and... And at times you weren't quite sure totally, you know, I mean, they even did a good job with that character where you weren't totally sure if he would had changed, but you were pretty sure he hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, like. I was saying, like, even after the finale, I'm still not 100% sure that he was the bad guy, the old partner. Yeah, he was, but at the same time, you can totally get why he did the things he did, too. Right. I mean, there are always their motivations, even if we think they were wrong or whatever. The characters, it never seems like. You know, I'm trying to take back this company just because I want to be a dick. You know, I mean, I think he genuinely <laughs> thought the company's not being run the way it should be run. Yeah, and, you know, my name's mm-hmm. on the door, and, you know, I was forced out, uh, you know, in such a way that he didn't like the way he was forced out. And so he tries to, you know, force his way back in. But at a certain point, he does go underhanded and, you know, does something, you know, again that, you know... <laughs> This time it wasn't money. This time it was faking, you know, a memo. Right. But yeah, you they did they do a good job of fleshing out these characters that, uh, you know, and then even with him leaving, you know, he's like this isn't over. Right. So you know he's bound to pop back up again at some point. 
and I just thought the whole season just worked really good from the way they set things up with him coming back and to the end of the summer season being whether he's going to win or or lose, you know, taking, uh, you know, with the coming back to the the firm and all the all the other stuff uh, around it, you know, just most of it worked really well. Yeah. And uh, I I think it is one of the better shows on TV right now, like just writing wise, uh, with the characters that they write are just uh, infinitely watchable, whether you hate them or like them, you know, whether they're supposed to be the hero or not, you know, they're, they're I think all... it really does a good job of examining ethics and, you know, uh, you know, like, are you doing the, the right thing, you know, for the wrong reason or the wrong thing for the right reason or the, you know, right thing for the right reason? I think it, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, because everybody sort of plays dirty at times. But then it's as an audience, you go, okay, but it's okay for them to play dirty because <laughs> because they're trying to help out the <laughs> little guy or something, or... or is it really you know that kind of thing? Which I love. I love those questions that it raises. Those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. So if you haven't been watching Suits, you got to jump on board. Try it out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving along. Uh, the last show on our list is uh, Strike Back. Which Ooh, can I talk about this? Just started up its second season, <laughs> and uh, Kurt really, 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 really wants to talk about Strike Back. I love this show. The show is so good because it's so many things all balled up into one. It's an action adventure series. It's a buddy comedy a little bit. Um, it has all these layers. I, I, I seriously, this is a show that I watch a couple of times, you know, two or three times each episode, and I always see new things. I think it's very clever in the way that it puts, um, it's just full of action, never really boring, and it puts all these l- layers into it, you know, the relationship between the Stonebridge and Scott, um, you know how they're they're sort of each other's moral support or uh, support systems, but you know they they never get too you know how do I say it too romantic I guess um, <laughs> you know it's just I, I find it fascinating and you learn so much about different regions of the world and the troubles going on there they they use real life situations in in the different countries and everything I mean you can sit there with a with a map of the world and, you know, some kind of uh, geographical encyclopedia and look things up and just go, oh, wow, that's interesting. Those people really do live in the Sahara Desert. And this kind of, and they, these kind of problems they do face in this area. I just think it's really smartly done for an action series. And most everything is pretty believable in the way that they present it. They try to make it as sort of reality-based as possible. Yeah, kind of. Uh, while there's a little bit of, uh, you're, you know, like you're pretty sure that Scott and Stonebridge aren't going to die, you know, type of thing. Even though they get into all these uh, situations and get taken hostage and and all this stuff, it still comes. It's still sort of set in this kind of believable real world uh, aspect, and it doesn't go too far past that. Uh, that it it is really intriguing to watch and. And this season, 
they've definitely ratcheted up the action. Uh, you know, there's there's like a gun battle or stuff blowing up in in every episode, and sometimes multiple times an episode. Oh yeah, it's usually multiple. <laughs> and and uh, you know that you know the whole first you know couple of episodes with them sort of running around trying to you know under cover of darkness in a foreign country trying to keep from getting you know seen oh, or for, captured yeah. or uh was uh that was that was pretty impressive i mean it all i don't know it all works really you know really well right and it comes off like an actual show uh it comes off more hbo than than like Cinemax, you know, because <laughs> you know the 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 Skinemax, uh, you know, is always attached to you know Cinemax of their okay. uh, the type of stuff that they had, and some of their other shows, like uh, you know that that Femme Fatale's thing and stuff like that. That's just there's <laughs> that's just people getting naked in sort of a kind of story, right? Uh, the, there's like and they you know there's nothing really. I tried to watch one of those, and I was like, "There's this is not the same." Well, you know, even the sex in this show, it's mostly Scott who partakes, um, Sergeant Scott. And the idea behind it is that these these uh, special forces soldiers handle their their uh, the pressures of their lives in a different way. Stonebridge is very who Philip Winchester plays is very sort of internal, and he compartmentalizes everything and keeps things sort of you know, within and Scott acts out and, and he can't connect with people normally because, you know, he's always, you know, it's a situation where they always might die and everything. So he basically just has a lot of sex (laughs) and that's how he uh, gets rid of his tension, I guess. Um, So there's a real reason for it, you know? Yeah. It's not just, yeah, the, the, the show isn't, so that that you can show a bunch of naked people having sex, there's sex inside the show, right? Uh, which is different than uh, most of the other, you know, than the other stuff they have uh, on on Cinemax. And there's, you know, they're starting to expand out with more of these types of uh, of these types of series that are, you know, there's good writing and good acting, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that uh, inside of it. But being a more going for the more action oriented right. type stuff as opposed to uh you know the the drama uh you know the dramas and stuff like that that h b o is is going for, but yet quality wise is going is is trying to go to a similar level right I love this show yeah. I'll just yeah it's been it's been really good i I look forward to I look forward to each uh, each episode. Uh, I think even in the action stuff, there's there's great character moments and great reveals about the situations they're in and everything. And the actors, I think the actors are quite good in it. Have you ever seen the 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 like original six episodes? The British series? No, no, neither neither have I. But I I didn't even really know that they existed until recently. Uh, that there was a, you know a sort of a six episodes or three two part episodes or something like that. Uh, right, but that's how they do it now. It's like two episodes are basically a mini movie. You know, each storyline is 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 
a two episode block and then there's this overarching storyline um that goes throughout the season i didn't realize but in the first season like uh the guy that the there's like a special forces guy that dies or whatever right uh that uh that sort of sets the whole first season you know some of the stuff in the first season off yeah the first cinemax season yeah yeah he's like the he's the main he's sort of the stonebridge character from the the, the, British, the version. British version, which I didn't know uh, that. So I want to find that. <laughs> I want to go back and watch the first six episodes. I think that'd be good too. Okay, well, I think that'll do it for uh, prime time and uh, those uh, four shows. And the last thing on our list is uh, some uh, TV on DVD picks for uh, September 4th, uh, the Tuesday, September 4th. Uh, my pick is Parks and Recreation Season 4, because as uh, people who listen to this know, I'm not a huge DVD buyer, but the things that do end up in my DVD collection are usually comedies, and so and, and Parks and Recreation is definitely at the top of the, the list right now as one of my favorite comedies, so that will uh, at some point be uh, heading into the DVD collection. Although Laurel and uh, Kurt also have some uh, good picks as well. How about you, Laurel? Well, one of my picks is the Haven Season 2 DVD with DVD set, which um, Haven's one of those shows that doesn't have a lot of press. It's on sci-fi. It is a pure science fiction kind of crazy show like that. But people who watch it, pretty much as far as I can tell, all really get into it. Um, set in small-town Maine, crazy stuff happens, people with weird abilities doing things, there's a big, long mystery. And season two is where you really get into the uh, story behind what's going on. Like, There's all this weird stuff happening. For season one, you're mostly just sort of getting used to seeing it. Season two, they actually get into why it's happening. And it's just a very solid show. It's uh, got good actors, good scenery, good stories, and... I personally think more people should be watching it, uh, not just so that I get more episodes, um, but also just because I've, I've recommended it to several people now, and every one of them has come back saying they loved it and can't wait for the next episodes. So season three is starting at the end of September, um, Friday nights in Sci-Fi. And so watching the season two DVD now that it's out would be a really good way of getting yourself ready for that because definitely worth it yeah definitely yeah and there's time to to do that and yeah haven season one has one of the best endings to a season that i've seen in a long time and season two is really good and that it delves more into and season three starts out fantastic the first two episodes are awesome (laughs) yeah i saw those too i completely agree with you on all of those points (laughs) It's yeah, the, the season one cliffhanger ending is possibly one of the best cliffhangers I've seen in ages. And at the time, it was made better by the fact that no one knew if Haven would ever come back on television at that point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was rather stressful. But now we know it. Now I know it will, and you can watch the season two DVDs right away and get over your shock and fear and all those things. So then my other pick, which I believe I share with Kurt, yes. is for is for another sci-fi show, um, which is Fringe Season 4. Um, as we've talked about Fringe coming back, and we're all looking forward to its final season. Um, season 4 is where they set up 
everything that is going to be happening in season five. And to me, that was it was probably the strongest season of Fringe ever. Like of the four seasons that aired, for me, I thought that overall season four was the strongest. It had what I'm convinced is the single best episode of uh, Fringe ever towards the end. Um, episode 19, I believe. And uh, it just, it'll, it's a really good setup. You have to, I mean, kind of have to watch it if you want to watch it in season five. So with that in mind, definitely a good pick. Which episode was it? Um, I'm totally blanking on the actual title of the episode, um, but it's the future episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Letters of Transit, was that the one? Yes, Letters of Transit, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've loved the show from the beginning, even even the more self-contained episodes are always fun and interesting. I think John Noble should have been nominated for uh, Emmy for Best Actor or Supporting Actor. Multiple times. Years this thing's on. And I really loved last season. This is one show that I can say that I am consistently, almost on a weekly basis, surprised by something <laughs> that happens in it. And I, I'm so looking forward to the new season that's set in the future. And I'm a geek for extras on DVD sets. So, and the fringe, <laughs> the fringe sets usually have lots of fun extras. So, so yeah, I'm into it too. Now, my other pick was the Borgias season two, but I'm not sure that it's coming out here this week or next week because I could only find that it's coming out here in Canada on September fourth, or coming out in Canada on September fourth. But I'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one. I, I don't think I, a lot of people really love this show, but um, I am fascinated by the whole thing. You now it's about um, Pope Alexander, what the sixth or something like that. Back in the day, it was oh, this okay. book, huh? Oh, I just didn't know what the sixth. Copyright. It was back in I don't know even what what century it was, but nobody really liked this guy as pope, and uh, and his family sort of bought their way and cajoled their way to get to the uh, papacy, to get the papacy for him to get the papacy. And, and then they kill a lot of people to stay there. And um, I just love the, <laughs> it's sort of like full of palace intrigue, I guess you'd call it. And um, this season had a lot of action in that they fought some wars. Francois, Francois Arnaud plays the Pope's son, who is a, a uh, priest, but he wants to be a general. And I just love his character. I think that he does a great job. Uh, um, he secretly, you know, gets this band of, of thugs to go and do all the stuff that the Pope doesn't really want to know about, but because it's all very sinful and everything. Um, I just think the show is great. A little slow at times, but I love it. Um, I love the storytelling in it. And uh, the DVD should have lots of cool extra because the Showtime had a lot of stuff on their website. This season, and if that's all included, it should be fun. Jason hates this show, though. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I just didn't get into it. Like it just, I watched the first two or three episodes, probably, uh, of the first season, and uh, it just didn't. Uh, it didn't hook me. It fell into one of those shows that is like, yeah, this is pretty good. You know, it's good actors. You know, there's some interesting stuff here, but it's not entertaining me. You know, mm. it's it's not it's not drawing me in. So, uh, you know, there's a there's a handful of shows on the on on TV where 
you're like, yeah, that's good, but it's just not for me. With all the other stuff on TV, I'm like, yeah, not really interested in watching this. There's uh, more fun things to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll uh, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we'd love to hear from you out there. Any thoughts on the fall season uh, on the Fox shows uh, or on the shows we talked about in primetime? Or if you have any questions about uh, shows from NBC, ABC that we can specifically answer as we get to those uh, fall previews uh, coming up. Uh, next week we'll be doing NBC and Amory will be back and with me and uh, Kyle from no reruns.net will be here as well to talk about the NBC shows, some of which have already uh, aired and uh, or like Grimm is already a couple <laughs> episodes into the season. Uh, thank you both uh, Kurt and Laurel for uh, coming on the show again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, that'll about do it. The opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title, put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that'll close out the show. You know where to uh, find us online, uh, tvtimes3.com. Spell it all out, or tvtimes3.com slash 148 for this specific episode. And to find links also to the uh, DVDs that we talked about. And uh, we'll hopefully, uh, I was going to say we'll see you next week, but that doesn't really work on a podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) We'll we'll be back uh, next week. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do. Watch TV and have a couple of brews.